Hi, I'm Leon Gorin, president of PEO Leadership, a peer-to-peer leadership advisory firm. We're an amazing community of CEOs, presidents, and senior executives. Ask yourself, are you learning as fast as the world is changing? It's time for Ontario business leaders to band together for counsel and support. It's time for you to tap into the business wisdom of our peer groups and unlock new ways to grow. I want you to come out of this COVID crisis a better leader and your organization ready for what's next. Take the first step at peo-leadership.com. Today on our Snippets podcast, I'd like to welcome Earl Ducharme, President and Managing Director of Hayfilla Canada, a global market leader with a head office in Germany, other than the Canadian part here. Uh, Hayfilla provides hardware solutions and innovation to the furniture, kitchen cabinet, architectural millwork, and hospitality industries. It's great to have you with us this week, Earl. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Leon. Great to be here. So I, I thought, I mean, Maybe to have you open up talking a little bit about your own journey and in terms of where you headed, ended up today. And uh, even when you get there, giving us a little bit of background on the business itself and really what you do. Yeah, great. Be happy to. So I joined the business in January and my journey was kind of a year to get to here. So it kind of speaks to just the company's orientation to leadership, people and culture. They want to make sure that obviously there's the right fit uh, two ways. Uh, replacing a long-time uh, leader in the business, been in the business 33 years, so we had a nice kind of transition to start the year. I spent the first six weeks uh, in Germany, kind of really at our global headquarters, and then uh, in our manufacturing plants around both southern Germany and northern Germany, and then spent some time uh, in our kind of a couple of other countries of subsidiaries that are successful, so Ireland, the UK, uh, home for a quick weekend, and then down to the US and back. And if you remember kind of the timing, I got back third week of February. Uh, to come back. So the timing worked out perfect to get that kind of injection of kind of culture, understanding, some early coalitions and relationship in place. Um, and then obviously the world kind of changed three weeks after that. And we kind of all started to deal with COVID as it relates to what, the impact of our business. But, um, you know, Hayful is kind of this quiet secret company. So it's privately held, as you mentioned, uh, started really in the 20s. Um, its claim to fame is really just, you know, German quality, uh, innovation, and really being passionately, you know, customer focused. And in Canada specifically, we've been kind of this quiet uh, brand that's occurred what I'll call in behind the scenes. So we've uh, supplied and been partners with, you know, the kitchen and bath, uh, manufacturing, office, uh, closets, uh, architectural millwork industries, but often not well known because it's their end product that the consumer or uh, in a B2B world uh, sees as an example. So in many parts of the world, uh, Hayful is actually kind of a consumer brand and very well known in the household. Um, so that's kind of been my journey, at least to this point, and just kind of humbly a little bit about Hayful, Leon. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I remember you and I were chatting and I started, we'd gone through a, a reno and I go through my house and I'm like, you never pay any attention, right? But I, I go, I looked at your website, I'm like, hey, we have that. That's part of our cabinetry in the kitchen. Right. And uh, you would never know it, right? Right. Yeah. So we think about, you know, all the things that you just don't see, right? We're kind of the expert there, right? As it relates to kind of functionality, design, uh, quality, uh, all these little things that to your point, you just don't typically see, but they design um, and enhance, uh, obviously, you know, the home in some ways and certainly the businesses, right? Yeah. Now, are you guys strictly distributors? Do you do any manufacturing or any assembly here? Yeah, again, kind of our best kept secret. In Canada, we're known as almost kind of a hybrid model, a manufacturer, but more mainly on the distributor side as we take kind of European brands and bring them in Canada. But quite honestly, we are a big powerhouse global manufacturer. We've got, you know, six or seven 
in-house manufacturing plants and a lot of Hayfala manufactured products globally. In Canada specifically, we've really got just a small portion of our global portfolio. And therein lies obviously the opportunity, right? So in the coming years, you'll see more Hayfala branded innovation and products that are wildly successful in other parts of the world really being brought into Canada as an example so that the Hayfala brand should then start to develop legs and stand on its own and become more well-known. So how, how would you do that? Like your customers today, you say, been here for 33 years, but the penetration, right. you got good penetration, but not known from the consumer perspective. You're talking about perhaps switching things up where the consumer or the end consumer now starts to understand the brand a bit. How do you do yeah. that? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think part of it is really just who we appeal to from a brand perspective. So we've been kind of what I would call downstream and we want to work a little bit more upstream. So that would be in the architectural and design community specifically, uh, because they'll obviously specify our products and they're looking for a certain aesthetic uh, as it relates to the, all the projects uh, in the different verticals that they're paying attention to. Um, and then ultimately, you know, when we get really, really creative and get kind of running is we do want to kind of appeal to the end consumer through our customers. So there's a way to kind of partner with them, we feel, that promotes their business and their showroom, but also our brand at the same time to help kind of very marry that up together, so to speak. So we think we can do both. We see wild successes around the world. We just haven't kind of gone down that path in Canada to this point. And as COVID, I'm thinking from your customer's perspective today, have your customers been impacted? I mean, the construction industry seems to be moving along. Have you guys felt it? Yeah, sure. I think like, you know, many industries, we would be quintessential in terms of the cliff, right? Haven't seen anything that's kind of stopped the business this quickly, certainly in my leadership career. Um, because think, right, we largely sell into today manufacturing or OEM, as an example. So certainly those industries were drastically affected and some, some, some cases closed. Now, we were deemed essential because many of our customers supplying to areas such as healthcare, et cetera, where they were kind of critical. So we remained open to support their needs. Uh, but you can imagine, Leon, that the volume certainly in April and May kind of really dropped off. And we're now just as kind of construction and manufacturing are coming back, seeing light and seeing it kind of return to form, so to speak. So we're having a, a good June from a performance perspective. And we think we'll be back on track kind of heading into, uh, quite honestly, the summer. Uh, cautious optimism. Which is fantastic. Because, well, you know, when you speak to a lot of members, right? There are a lot of businesses thinking by December they'll be at 70 or 80 percent of prior year sales. So. Right, right. We've got this kind of, you know, BHAG where we want to be at least a prior year at a worst case to finish the year off. And if we grow, then every dollar of growth will feel pretty good about it, to be honest. Now, on your customer side, too, like when you think about the big condo developments and all that type of stuff in the millwork, does that impact your business in a big way? Like some of your OEMs, are they buying for those big, big projects or is it? smaller um, yeah we're certainly tied to the condo market right across the country in the major city okay. and then we've also got this kind of manufacturing renaissance in canada where they have dealers throughout north america so we actually have a quiet you know large industry that speaks to canadian manufacturing with dealers uh stateside um so certainly the u.s economy does halo and have an impact on our customers business and our business as a result as well okay so uh, you got a good sense of that in terms of where you're going forward Talk to me about, we were discussing your, your team and the whole return to work and right. you know, the question of when to, and you said, forget that uh, dialogue. I've reworded and rephrased it, and this is how we're looking at it. So Earl, share some of that insight with us. Yeah, it's been a journey. Uh, I mean, join the business, you can imagine, right? There's, there's beyond the, the first 90 days in terms of your leadership swing thought, you don't certainly plan for this. Um, so that's one component running through 
you know, I think my head is a leader, but certainly in working with a team to get them one safe, have them work remote. Our company's never, Leon, had anyone working remote. It's just not something that we kind of uh, did or focused on. So that was kind of big. And we literally had people kind of carrying desktop computers out of the building uh, to get set up. We didn't skip a beat, which was fantastic. And now we're kind of, you know, safe and we're running and we're finding our cadence of communication to make sure everyone feels that uh, they know exactly kind of where we're at and all the functions are aligning well. Um, and what we're doing now is really kind of surveying the team. So we're kind of doing it, you know, informally with the leadership group, uh, you know, myself moving around, but they're also going to kind of survey the group anonymously where they provide their feedback in terms of what do they want next in terms of, you know, forget about return to work to your point, but what do they want the look, touch and feel the company to be in terms of, you know, what works for them? Do they want to work remotely full-time? Do they want to kind of come in certain days of the week? Do they want to come in full-time? Uh, if they came back into the, the head office, as an example, what do they want it to you know, look like? What, what precautions do they want in place? Um, how do they feel about having a functional showroom and having potential customers come here? So all those sorts of things, look, we as a leadership team kind of think some of those things through and develop a path forward. But we think it's really important this time to have the team really drive the actions and live our direction because ultimately um, the culture that we evolve into in terms of our business model will be one that they'll instrumentally influence and be a part of. So we think that that's at least a powerful first step for us. So how, how many employees would you guys have here in Canada? Yeah, so we've got, you know, we're a small kind of medium-sized based company, but we've got under 100 employees in Canada. So it's a manageable group. Um, you know, we can avoid uh, uh, lots of kind of hierarchy, et cetera. We can get to everyone quickly, and that allows us to be kind of nimble and entrepreneurial. Okay. No, that, that's great. And you said you're an essential service. So how many people are you talking about that today? I mean, you guys are all working. It's just you went remote, essentially. It's 100% of the employees are, are still driving the business here. Yeah, correct. Yeah, we so, went to sort of a, an adapted. So we were open kind of full-time from an operations and supply chain. We went to some what we call shared sacrifice, which yeah. is just kind of having everyone kind of you know, uh, give a little bit to kind of get through the early days. But we're kind of, we feel past that. and. Uh, Everyone's kind of stayed intact, to your point. Okay. So I'm just going to come back to, because I'm trying to think about what's the future look like for, for that business down the road. So if we were sitting here a couple of years from today, what do you think be the one or two big, biggest changes in your, in your business or your industry? Yeah, I think it's, you know, maybe no different or, or no dissimilar to what others are maybe thinking about in, in similar industries where you potentially can specify a product and then you follow it through different value chains and channels to ultimately have it uh, end up in uh, a business or a home um, is how do we kind of attract and get information and launch innovation to people in the best virtual way possible? Because, you know, the hardware and, you know, the functional and style and design businesses are kind of, we feel tactical and it's touch and feel. You've got to kind of look and see. And, and we've had many requests for customers to even come to our showroom through this period because they, they want to feel the action of the, you know, the sliding hardware as an example. They want to kind of really feel, you know, the closet accessory behind me as an example. And, and it's how do we bridge that gap to make sure that people can understand, you know, the quality that exists, but potentially do it much more in a virtual way. So we would see trade shows as an example becoming a really antiquated part of the business that they'll just be so much different globally moving forward, but certainly on a local level within Canada that, you know, trade shows are just going to, we won't think cease to exist, but they'll just be much, much different in terms of how we would approach. And I think how the industry approaches them. Well, it's funny because you got customers today that have to buy your, buy your products today. They're not necessarily seeing your products in the same way they used to. So you've already started to have to digitize. Like, have you, have you noticed that? Like e-commerce start to, 
I mean, it's a B2B business, but have you seen the shift? Yeah, we've got, uh, you know, we've seen an uptick. Certainly we've had, the nice thing is we've got a really good, vibrant e-commerce business as well. So a big chunk of our business already flows through our online platform. So anything that we can do kind of net new, we think will enhance our current customer base and we think we can kind of help them more, but we think it'll attract net new. So, um, you know, we might even explore, again, maybe not selling B2C, certainly in the early stages, but really a B2C platform in terms of driving kind of information. So uh, we think we're in a good spot, but we think we're going to have to kind of, you know, market that channel and enhance it effectively, you know, like everybody's doing just more and more and more. Um, because, you know, there's such a high level of technical detail with a lot of our products is, is it's not so simple to just kind of go on and bump around and, and solve the application on your own. It's how do we not only solve the application in a virtual way, but allow people to kind of order and stay within that channel. So that's, we think, the opportunity, but also the challenge at the same time. Okay. Earl, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. No, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you now. <laughs> in the last 13 or 14 weeks, anything that, um, in your journey, anything that you learned, do you think that surprised you? Um, like it was just such a crazy, it's, it's still a bit crazy, but anything shock you in terms of whether it be yourself or some of your employees or even the business? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think two things, they're, they're probably just really simplistic things. Um, I, I'd say I'm impatient by nature as a leader in terms of uh, just wanting to move quickly. And yeah. I think that I've had to really balance moving quickly due to the, the situation but also actually slowing down in a lot of areas. So I've learned, I think, a new level of, of um, just patience and understanding and a lot more, I would say, even further empathy in terms of just really listening um, because this has affected every team member, whether it's personally or professionally, Leon, just differently. So I think that a new leader in the business, you know, people are kind of looking at me trying to get a gauge and I'm trying to develop that relationship uh, as well and, because we're in it together. That's probably one thing that I've learned about myself is that, I have the ability, I've learned that ability to be much more uh, calm, uh, much more empathetic, and, and just kind of, you know, I realize that leadership stability is just a big, big critical piece to this, that it's not maybe so much a sprint, but really a marathon. Um, and then secondly, just the communication with the team. Um, you know, as leaders in an organization, communication is always vitally important, but just how you can't underestimate that every little touch point, whether it's Zoom call, whether it's a phone call, whether it's um, really just a virtual water cooler that we put, on, put in place for the team, that all these little communication pieces when you really talk to people are making a difference and that you can't just forget about that. It, it's constant work every day to communicate with the team both, both ways, to be honest. So um, that for me are maybe a couple of things that um, are simplistic, but that I've kind of recognized through the process. Actually, they may be simplistic, but they're, they're great points. They're... they're so uh, thank you for sharing. Earl, I want to thank you for, for joining me today on, on the Snippets podcast. I uh, really appreciate it just learning more about the business and also learning a little bit more about your journey and, and uh, some of the leadership ideas that you've got going forward. So That's great. That's thank great. You. Thanks for your time and appreciate, uh, always appreciate the opportunity. That's great. Listen, if you're interested in learning uh, more about some of our live webcasts, The, the Way Forward, or, or any other snippets, please take a moment and visit us at po-leadership.com. You'll find some pre-recorded stuff there that we've done with various professors across North America now, as well as some of our members who have been presenting, uh, talking about leadership, 
the world reset, government stimulus packages, and a host of other stuff. That concludes our session for today. I wish everyone a great weekend.